Humanity Chats, a conversation about everyday issues that impact humans. Join us. Together, we can go far. Today, we get to talk about one woman's entrepreneurial journey. Her name is Liberty Kanzader. She is the president and founder of the Butterfly Foundation and the Monarch Cafe. Uh, the mission of the foundation is to empower, transform, and transition the lives of economically challenged individuals and families to become self-sufficient and self-confident citizens. Um, in 2009, the foundation also began providing permanent housing and supportive services to chronically homeless individuals and families with disabilities in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Anderson counties. In the fall of 2010, the culinary job training program designed to prepare the unemployed, underemployed, homeless, and previously incarcerated adults for a career in the food service industry um, was also initiated. Um, so many people, so many people have successfully completed this 15-week program and maintained an 88% job placement rate among its participants. Now, listeners, um, welcome to the chats once again. I am your hostess with the mostest, Margie Marge is my name. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. Um, Liberty is going to shed some light on the work that she's been doing. As you can tell from this intro, she is an entrepreneur, but she is an entrepreneur with a twist, doing a lot of good in her community. So we're going to bring her in um, from backstage. Hold on tight. Get your pens, papers, um, phones, notepads, whatever you use to take notes, because Liberty will be dropping some nuggets with us. Once again, this is Humanity Chats. much for allowing me to be on your show today. I'm so honored to be here. Well, you are welcome. Um, I'm sure our our audience can't wait to hear more about your work. But before we do that, um, on Humanity Chats, we always try to break the ice by sharing a fun fact. So would you mind sharing a fun fact with us, something that we're not going to find on the internet? <laughs> Yes, most people will not find on the internet that I, one of my favorite pastimes, I have a couple of hours here and there, is to watch the Real Housewives franchise. My favorite ones right now is um, Beverly Hills and Potomac. So that's what I love to do. If I have a couple of hours, I'm going to kind of binge watch some of that stuff. So you like to watch your bougie lifestyles? Huh? I watch, like to watch those bougie lifestyles. Like, now that. Now that's a lot of money right there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not watching Atlanta. I don't watch Atlanta as much since Nene's been off. So you know, Nene was someone I went to. I actually we grew up in the same town. I'm from Athens, Georgia. I do know her, and um, so I just don't watch it as much. She's the same 
funny, you know, just off the cuff, off the hip kind of person, personality. So yeah, I don't watch it as much. It's not as it's not as fun. Not as funny, I should say. Now that one was a funny one to watch. Well, that's good. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to identify with you. And um, because we have lots of people from all over the world, over a thousand cities, and there are some people in there who may be watching the housewives tonight, tomorrow, or some other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Liberty, I'm so glad that you're here. As I was reading your bio and I followed your entrepreneurial journey, I realized that what you're doing is special. Would you tell us more about your vision and how you got started? Absolutely. So in 2000, when I moved here, my husband got married in 2000, January of 2000 to be exact. Um, He worked for UPS and I worked as a pharmaceutical sales rep for Eli Lilly and Company. So my territory was Greenville. Um, he had this dream of just um, purchasing housing here in um, Spartanburg um, to rent out, but he would, he didn't want to leave UPS since my job was so relatively new. I worked two, two years with Eli Lillian Company and then transitioned out into our own business, which we were over real estate and all of that stuff. And then a couple of years down the road when, you know, the bubble burst in what, 2007, 2008, I was like, God, I, you know, God had given me this 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 desire to work with individuals and helping them with housing and, you know, whatever, transitioning through, like, um, not transitioning, but really working through the social services, like um, with Section 8 and, you know, what other opportunities were out there and were available. I had no background in the nonprofit sector. I was very, very, I, I didn't know anything about the nonprofit sector, but I knew what I wanted to do, kind of fell within that category. So reaching out to, um, you know, like, the United Way and finding out what programs and other services were available, I saw that there was kind of this gap. Even though the services are out there, it's just working with some of the individuals that we were working with in terms of renting out properties, you know, it's overwhelming. Like I'm just trying to figure out how to keep food on the table. And now I got to figure out getting over to this location for this and that location for that. So it's just everything was kind of spread out. So we my goal was to really set out to create this one-stop shop and kind of bridge the gaps and be that person to kind of make those phone calls so that they didn't have to travel all over the place to do certain things because, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy. And if you're just trying to do the basics, you know, it just took a lot of pressure off and that's what we were trying to do. So I started the Butterfly Foundation in actually 2007 and I worked in it with no pay for two years. I was writing grants because I didn't have anybody on staff to write grants. <laughs> I was the staff, right? Um, so I was writing grants and um, Spartanburg County Foundation was the first um, organization to give me in, um, funding to um, to build, build capacity. And so with that grant, it kind of led to this whole, you know, nonprofit and just amazing opportunities to work in the community with different organizations and building a new facility, it just led to a whole lot. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful to the Spartanburg County Foundation and Mary Thomas and, you know, all the people over there that really, because Mary was there before Trey was there. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So just, just eternally grateful for, you know, all of their support. And um, so that's really how it kicked off. And it just kind of went from one thing to the next. I, we have, I have a restaurant, which we, we said Monarch Cafe. We opened Monarch Cafe um, actually in 2015. 
But Monarch Cafe, I mean, I've never worked in the food service industry. Um, I don't even like to cook much. I, I don't. I don't like to cook. Um, I like to eat, though. I am a foodie. I do love to eat. And so one day when I was working with this um, female and her daughter, um, I have helped place them in housing. And um, so we, she was kind of working on some life skills stuff. And, and, and I knew her. Her boyfriend at the time was in prison and he got out of prison and he shows up in my office one day and he's like, hey, you're working with so-and-so. And I said, yeah. He said, um, well, you know, she's in public housing and I can't move there because I have a felony. And um, I have a felony. And I said, well, what do you like to do? And he said, well, I love to cook. And I said, he said, and basically, um, but I don't know you know, where to go, you know, everything that I've tried to, where I've tried to apply that I might get benefits. I really can't work there because of my background. I said, well, let me do some research. And I researched this company out of Washington, D.C. And amazingly enough, um, they just kind of opened up everything to me. Like, we'll show you what we're doing. Um, And of course, I needed to modify it for the location where I was. Um, They were about an $8 million operation. So they were huge. Um, which, you know, I have started. So I reached out to a couple of the local nonprofits, which is, you know, Mayor Black Foundation, or Spartanburg County Foundation, and the city of Spartanburg. And the city of Spartanburg had a location, which was the Northwest Center um, here in Spartanburg. It's old Head Start um, facility, hadn't been used in a long time. So the equipment was just so, it was out of date, but they had money set aside to fix it up. To, or to replace some of the equipment. And then Mayor Black Foundation was like, I don't know, Liberty, this just sounds good, but I don't know if this is something that we can do. You know, I don't know if this is something that we're interested in. And, you know, it's around um, creating this, you know, my whole goal was around creating healthy meals and educating people about eating healthier. Um, he said, sounds, you know, like you, that's a good idea, but I don't know if it's something that we could do. So Kurt McPhail went to Washington, D.C., and he was at a program and and I had told him all about the, the program, the project that was in or the program that was in Washington, D.C. I told him about the project. And he was there. He like, called me from D.C. and said, hey, Liberty, it's on the weekend on the Saturday. He said, guess what? And I said, what? He said, I'm at this program. And guess who's serving us? And I said, who is it? D.C. Central Kitchen. <laughs> he said, really? He was like, we'll talk when I get back. I think there's something we can do. <laughs> so. Yeah, they started. They kicked off the pro the culinary program and funded it for the first um, three years, basically. And so it just kind of grew from there. I, I don't know. I just, it just kind of snowballed. And I think it's just, it goes back to, um, I love seeing the light bulb when people go off. Um, and I just want people to be in a position where they can take care of their own families and themselves. Um, and that may look totally different to me than it does to them. I mean, you know, the housewives has has their way of taking care. I have mine and some other people have a way of taking care of their family. So, you know, it just, it's going to look different to every person. And I, I don't ever like to go into a situation and impose what I think is the way they should take care of their families because it just, it's going to look totally different. And I think once you give people that opportunity, it opens up, uh, you know, a whole new avenue for them a mindset for them to really be creative and um, to accept whatever support you're trying to give them and um, 
I still have students that I still keep in touch with, you know, that we started back in 2010. So I'm, I'm just grateful and excited about, about that. And I think it makes it much easier for me to come to work. And I, while we were doing it for two years with no pay, I was like, and, you know, it went by so fast, even though my husband was like, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on? You need to make some money here. What's, you know, you go in here to work like you, you know, nine to five, like I was, you know, collecting a check, but no. You know, and it, it even took a while after that before I started really earning any money. But um, I just love what I do. Yeah, well, congratulations. Thank um, you. Yes, yes. On growing something from, you know, from your vision. Um, and I, I, from what you're telling me, you did have support along the way. Mm -hmm. And it, it helped. Um, it helped you in the process. Were there some stumbling blocks? Was there a time that you maybe felt like giving up? Can you okay. share that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when the bills start coming in, you know, I'm like this, you know, my husband was, you know, fortunate enough, he took care of, you know, everything during that time. But, you know, you want to, I think we didn't come into this where I wasn't going to be someone to take care of certain things, right? And so, you know, when that doesn't happen in two years, it's going by and I'm writing these grants. I'm like, God, I know, you know, I did graduate from, you know, high school and college and got my master's degree. Why am I not getting these grants? The one thing about, um, you know, what helped me the most in, in that whole period was every time I got turned down, I had to suck it up and go say, hey, what was the problem? You know, what did I not address? And a lot of things, I think for me, it lived in my head and did not transition to the paper. And so once I got that, you know, under, you know, out of my head and walk people through step by step, it definitely changed um, in my grant writing success. And so after that, it was just, you know, I would just, it, it was going, but yeah, the part about not being able to take care of certain things. Yeah. It, almost every day I'm like, I need to go get another job. You're like, I got to go. I got to go get something to do. Like, I got to go get a check. And so um, it, that was hard. It was very hard. And even even when we started to get grant money, some of that grant money is not it's not in there for salaries. It's in there for the program. Well, if you don't have staff, who's going to you know who's going to operate the programs? I'm going to operate the program. So that means that I still don't have. A salary it's just the program itself so that was just yeah everything was just a challenge um back then starting out and even down the road you get you hit those part points in your business as an entrepreneur you have these cycles of the ups and the downs and the money and then not enough money um to do certain things and you just have to be creative and be um you know willing to pivot um and if nothing taught me more about pivoting was the pandemic. I mean, I really learned a big lesson about um, pivoting then. But I think in terms of, you know, wanting to give up, that's a, that, that was almost like a daily thing. It's like the end of the day, like, I'm done. I just, I, you know what, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then something will happen with something small will happen. Like someone will say, hey, Liberty, thank you so much for, you know, helping me with this. Or And I'm like, okay, I can go another day. I can go another day. But yeah, God knew. God knew. Let me send her a little, little sprinkle. Stop. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. 
Well, you, you talked about pivoting. Um, can you can you share some tips on that? Because I know that um, the, com- the 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 pandemic was tough, but those are not the only times that one has to pivot. Um, yes. Recently, I was reading an article, and the um, the CEO of Weight Watchers was talking about how they had to change with they had to change their business model with the times and what was happening. So um, how, how have you been pivoting and um, what are some of the, your uh, suggestions? So as I said, I didn't, I've never worked in the food service industry. And so um, running a restaurant in a cafe is, I, I don't know. I, I said to my husband, this has got to be some of the hardest work ever. Like it has got to be some of the hardest work. I mean, it's the standing, the, the constant customer service, the ordering and the um, menus. And it's just a whole lot that goes into it. And so I I had to learn how to do all of that stuff. And um, not that I, like I said, I never cooked, but I had to learn how to do every aspect of the business. Even I did have to cook sometimes, but I didn't like that part. But yeah, I I did have to cook and I can cook. I just don't like it. I just don't like to cook. (laughs) I just don't like it. I just don't like it, but I will. I can cook, um, but I just don't like it. So I try to stay away from that part. So I had some students that would come in and they would cook and they love to cook. And, I, you know, it's important that they love to cook because the food reflected that they love to cook. So we would choose these menus and all these things. Um, but I then said, this is not something that I'm going to be able to do long term the ordering and keeping up and working as a general manager. And I had general managers that come in, but, you know, with the restaurant business, because it's up and down, you have those months where, you know, money is just kind of very tight. Um, your profit margins are very low. You can't, it's hard to keep, you know, staff at a certain level. So with the in and out of staff coming in, um, just making sure that, what do you, what's the next step? That was just, always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what is the next step? Um, I know I have students coming in that are working in the program and getting experience and then, but they're, they're transitioning out. I'm helping them find jobs in the community. Um, but what, what am I going to do next? So we open up the, the, the doors for um, entre- food entrepreneurs to come in and lease the space as a cafe. Um, and that really kind of said, oh, okay, I, I like this. I can, I can come in and I can help and I can assist when I can, um, or I can just be on the outside and just watch them work their business. And I love that part. That that part worked for me. You know, it did not tie me to the facility, but it allowed me, um, you know, space and the opportunity to even help that food entrepreneur out. Like if you were ever, if they were ever in a position where they didn't have staff to run the front, I'm available. I can do certain, I can help and and support in certain areas. So I think that really helped me to kind of shift my thought process in what we would do next. And then from there at the beginning of 2023, because a part of the grant, when we wrote um, the grant to to build this facility that we're in, thanks to Health and Human um, Services, um, one of the things is was to create a, a commissary kitchen or an incubator kitchen. And so I went back and said, that is something that I never really opened up because we came in offering the cafe right off the bat. Um, 
So I said, let me just put that out there. And when I did my research for commissary kitchens in the Spartanburg community, there aren't any. And so most of the people with food trucks or caterers or, you know, what DHEC requires them to be in a commissary kitchen in order to prepare and serve and sell food in this community, you have to, or in the state, rather, you have to be uh, associated with a, a DHEC approved kitchen. And so I said, well, where are they going? Are they going to Greenville? They're going to Greer. But so this was the perfect opportunity for uh, the kitchen. And so in 2023, we transitioned completely to a whole new, whole new model, which definitely, yeah, has been my saving grace. And I am, you know, I get to interact with so many different food entrepreneurs now that it's just such a blessing to, to be able to work on this side. And some of those students that have come through the program have their own food trucks and their caterers on the side. They rent the kitchen out. Um, for their businesses. So it's just, it's just kind of come full circle at this point. So just being open to what, what's next and not being pinned down to, you know, what we've been doing because it's not working anymore. You know what I'm saying? You can't even force it to work anymore. <laughs> so you just have to move on. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of innovation that comes yes. with owning your own business. Yeah. Um, and it's scary. It really is. It's a scary part. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to, um, even though you're scared, you have to approach things as a fearless person. You know, you have to just approach it as, you know, if it works, it works. If it's not working that way, what can I do? Who can I engage with? You have to be open to partners, open to advice, open to criticism. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be open to, to those things. And um, if you're not, you're going to just continue to do what doesn't work and get frustrated and shut down. Well, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for running a successful business and also for helping your community in the process. I can't believe that our time is almost up. Um, but, you know, before we go, I know that there are people in our audience, our listeners, who are thirsty to be entrepreneurs or to keep their business going or even to do something to support the underserved in their community. So if you were to share three to five nuggets with us um, about um, entrepreneurship and pursuing your dreams, what would you tell us? I would say first and foremost, do what you love. Do what you love. Um, You know, as I stated, I don't love cooking, but I love pe- I love helping people. And whatever that looks like, um, I want to be in support of that. So um, you just have to and think um, broad about whatever services or business that you're going to offer. Um, think broad. Do what you love. Um, be open to. Um, advice. Um, And that means getting a mentor, um, someone that's in the business that's successful, getting a mentor and not only getting the information from them, but um, implementing what they tell you to do. Um, So those are, if I can give you three things, that's getting a mentor, um, being open to that advice and that criticism, um, being in a position where um, you're doing what you love, absolutely love to do, and just thinking broad and outside the box. To be thinking outside the box, that's uh, 
I guess that's the way to go now with, you know, now we have AI, who knows what we're going to have tomorrow. Um, so we just constantly have to keep evolving. Yeah. Keep evolving. Well, thank you so much, Liberty, for this conversation. Um, viewers, listeners, we hope you have gotten your nuggets. We hope you are inspired for your today and your tomorrow. This has been Humanity Chats with Liberty, Conzader, and yours truly, Margie Marge. We have loved chatting, and we hope you come back to us next week. Thank you so much for listening. You all have a good night. for listening. Share with a friend. We are humans from all around the world. One kind only, and that is humankind. Your friend, Margie Marge.